Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to Hoovering, the podcast about eating. I'm Jessica Fosterkew. I love eating as much as anything else in the world, but also it sometimes brings me conflict, shame, and all sorts of other things that are rubbish. It's complicated and I think fascinating. This is a conversation with an interesting soul, not just about food, but about gobbling it up, or if you will, hoovering. Hey Smashers, this week's episode was recorded live in front of a gorgeous audience at the Leicester Comedy Festival back on the 9th of February. I was joined by awesome local guests, Bake Off's Priya Roche and also conservationist farmer and writer Joe Stanley. We learned a lot and we laughed a lot. Thanks loads if you came to it in person, you are the best. The next live hoovering shows are in May of this year. Mac Comedy Fest in Wales. Uh, I'm not going to try and pronounce I've been bullied for my pronunciation of the full place name but if you google mac comedy fest it comes up and the northern podcast festival which is in hull tickets for both of those are on sale they're on my website along with all my live stand updates for my tour as well as work in progress shows i've got coming up too including uh, the first two weeks of the fringe this year where i'm doing a work in progress tickets for that have just gone on sale too first and foremost though please can you come and see the show that i'm touring right now it's called hench uh, this week i'm in oxford Wrexham, birmingham hull stockton and durham i know a bunch of those have all sold out ready but you can ring up for returns and I'm pretty confident there'll be tickets available even online for Wrexham and Stockton um, and those other guys yeah maybe just like ring up the theatre because sometimes there are tickets on hold that they don't release until the day um, anyway at the end of March I'm off to the Melbourne Comedy Festival for a whole month so if you're anywhere near there please come and see Hench in Melbourne I've never been to Australia before and I'm super excited last things last huge thanks to you just for listening to Hoovering if you could subscribe and give it five stars review if you can be asked even tweet about it and all of that shit it makes me crazy grateful and it helps other people find the podcast if you've got spare money even you can look at patreon.com forward slash the hoovering pod and see the stuff that i'll swap you for uh, your money including discount tickets to live shows like the one that we're about to listen to right 
now. Big ass everyone, welcome to the Hoovering Live from the Leicester Comedy Festival. That's nice. Hey. God, that is, yeah, I knew you'd be good at clapping, but especially, you, there's 600 people here. And, um, uh, yeah, no, you did sound like there were more of you. Thanks, guys. Um, um, hi, my name's Jess. I've got two brilliant local-ish, actually genuinely local guests. Yeah, I've not even had to pretend that you're local. I quite often go to places and I get someone who's got the right accent, but they haven't actually lived there for years. But you guys genuinely are local. Please may say who you are and what you are. Uh, so my name's Joe Stanley, and I'm a uh, an arable and beef farmer uh, and uh, columnist from just outside Loughborough. Ooh. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> oh my God! Ooh. Thank you. It got, it got, that's quite funny, actually. I think. Oh, a grown-up's been invited up <laughs> with a proper job. Hi, Priya. Who Hi. are you? I'm Priya, and grew up in Leicester. I've lived here most of my life, and. Uh, I, am I, I guess I'm a baker, was on this year's Bake Off, um, and I'm writing a novel, so I guess I'm a writer, and i You're definitely a baker and definitely, definitely a writer. Definitely a baker, definitely a writer, and... You're not um, a shadow in a cave, this is really happening. Not a shadow in a cave, <laughs> and when I'm not writing or baking, I'm trying to look after two little boys with my husband. Lovely, a three and a five-year-old. Yeah. Oh! They're interesting. I've got, yeah, one four-year-old between us, a full set. Um, and Joe, I understand that it's got a five-week-old baby. That deserves a round of applause. He can walk. He's walking around, talking, full sentences, Joe, yeah. I mean. And that it works, impressive. so that's the good news. Yeah. It's got cute clothes on. We could have sick on us everywhere. Well, this is white, right, so it, it kind yeah. of. It's actually, you're wearing quite a baby sick yeah. absorbent. You could. That is perfect. Night, night feeds. Your jacket, you yeah. wear it for night feeds. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, so, okay, here we are. We've got some amazing food here. We've been gifted lots of little cakey things in our own little package yeah. box each from. Um, a place called Feed Me, or I think, yeah, it's called Leicester Feed Me. They're a local company that make lovely stuff. They got in touch on social media. Um, and Priya's made a cake, as I want to hear all about. But there's one savoury thing on the table that I think we need to explain quite early doors. So in our email <laughs> conversations before this um, chat, I always check if my guests have got anything that they don't particularly like eating and any allergies. And and Joe was pretty straight up and was like, well, he's a beef farmer and Priya doesn't eat beef. <laughs> but, and then a sort of like comeuppance for that, Joe, you were like, well, the only thing I really hate is aubergines. And Priya was like, I've got an aubergine that's going to change your mind about aubergines. <laughs> and so this has been purchased and then you actually did it, which I think is amazing. But can you talk, talk us through this aubergine yes, that's going to change uh, Joe's mind? Yeah, it's crispy fried aubergine with peppers loads of garlic and a bit of chilli and it's from a little takeout place near my mum and dad's house which you drive straight past and you wouldn't want to go in because it just doesn't look very interesting at all and because they sell aubergines so <laughs> <you wouldn't laughs> but I just think it's aubergine unlike you've ever had before I've already had a sneaky taste and it is extraordinary can you remember yes. the name of the place it's from Tango Tango it's a place called Tango okay yeah, what it surprises amazing. me when I see people eating in there because it just looks so dull, but the food is brilliant. Really, really uh, good. Never judge a book by its awnings. <laughs> um, okay, I'm going to go in. Joe, were you prepared to try it? Are you going to have an open mind? 
in front okay. of these 600 people. <laughs> That's the most reluctant <laughs> open mind I've ever seen from Joe. Okay, I'm going in. I've already tasted it and I know Joe, they're you need to get the crispiest bit, crispy, Joe, no, just no, to be as safe as you can. Blackened. Oh my God, it's so good. It's so good. It's basically chips with a slightly soggier innard. It's so garlicky. Isn't really amazing. It's sort of halfway Asian. between a garlicky slug and, and chips. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love garlicky slugs. He's having another bit. I'll tell you what. It is actually. Nice. It is good. Way! Mm. I'm reluctant to let that go, but we should start it on a pass round, I think. Does this Never mean had... your wife is now allowed to... Start cooking with aubergine. If you can do that, but I wouldn't trust her with the fat fries, to be honest. She's sleep-deprived at the minute, so... Um, yeah. yeah. Um, so, quite early on, I love asking if you just... If you've had anything particularly brilliant or awful to eat in the last few weeks, but if you're maybe a new parent survival mode, did you batch cook before the baby came along? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. yeah, my wife uh, did a seriously good job of, uh, of batch cooking, but then we've had a remarkably uh, parent-friendly baby, so we've actually still got a freezer full... <gasps> Of, of stuff that we've not, not eaten yet. Oh, wow. We feel bad if we're not, like, really hanging. We feel bad yeah. cracking into it. So. Oh, God, I know exactly the feeling. You've stashed up all of this stuff, and then actually it's like, oh, no, it's not enough of an emergency. Mm. So it might end up just it's staying like there forever. It's champagne, isn't it? You don't want to open the Bollinger yeah. unless it's, like, a really, really good thing. So, yeah. Although I had a bit of a change of heart on that. My dad used to work for a champagne company and um, for years and then got made redundant a long time ago now. Oh, but... Um, uh, for my 21st birthday, he gave me a bottle of Dom Perignon from the year I was born, from 1983. And obviously I had this thing, I was like, well, something extraordinary needs to happen to be able to guzzle that. Like, and then I was like, when I get my first agent, I'll drink it then. And I got my first agent, we're like, well, it turns out there's shit and it doesn't feel that special. Um, and then like the next thing happened, I was like, oh, when I get my first gig over £100, I'm going to drink it. And then like, just, nothing, just nothing ever felt good enough to deserve it when it happened. And then in the end, I was like... Just guzzle it. Guzzle it with your mates. It's been sat there for a decade. You've got to be satisfied at some point with your situation enough to celebrate yeah. it. I thought you were going to say today was the day. <laughs> today was a day and it's in my bag and I'm revealing it now. Um, I left it so long that when I did drink it, it had gone a little bit brown and biscuity, but I still liked it. Um, but so um, you, you, someone went, oh no, in a way that I enjoyed. Posher than I had you down as, Lester. I'll give you that. But I should talk about our surroundings briefly, quickly. It's well, we're, we're basically upstairs in a nightclub. Mm. It's the first time I've done a hoovering live in a nightclub. It's a brew dog. Thank you to brew dog for putting us up. And thank you to the audience who's passing the aubergines all around. Um, I, I did a preview of my show that I'm touring now in here last year. And um, often in nightclubs, you think, oh, God, what are you going to find on the floor in these places? Because people have been like... It's probably rutting in here until 4am. The floor's all sticky. You might find old kind of Johnnies or stuff like that. But on the floor, I found two um, necklaces from Lint Ooh. Bunnies. Oh, and I thought, fancy. yeah, I will, I will come back and do a hoovering here. Um, and so I sort of have rambled over you, but have you eaten anything extraordinary or awful in the last few weeks, Joe? I mean, it's hard. It is hard to concentrate on. When you see what's coming out of a, a four-week-old four baby, yeah, and it smells quite quite yeasty it does fans. doesn't it baby it, shit we've gone on to shit quite quickly but he is a farmer <laughs> it just puts you off it puts you off fine cuisine for a, for a few weeks doesn't it oh really because yeah. just because everything and everything smells of milk and babies doesn't yeah. it everywhere milk oh fair enough so that maybe like eating is a little bit ruined for you at the moment but are you as freaked out by baby plop even though you're around the, the plop of animals all the time uh, <laughs> yeah, what's more offensive, animal plop or baby plop? Uh, animal, so cows have a significantly higher volume. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and when I, 
I used to milk. We used to have a milking uh, herd of cows, and obviously mm. you're down in a pit, and the cows are either side of you mm. with the backs into you. So pretty much once a night, you would have just oh. on your head, down your neck. <laughs> no. uh, oh any God! Thank that you. Would happen. So uh, so yeah, probably kids I'm can say- do that too, though. <laughs> yeah, you'll we, get we've there. Had a few, yeah, we've had a few um, punamis. <laughs> Such them. a great word for it. Mm. Where you get cackle up the back. Or right, when they, you think they they're do, done, this is the way the nappy's shaped. And you they, go they, to wipe, yeah. and there's more. Oh, yeah, right at you. And then you're trying to wipe it off the wall and things like that. <laughs> On that note, Joyous. have you eaten anything particularly... <laughs> eaten anything particularly brilliant or awful in the last few weeks? Oh, we had... Yes, actually. We had a really rare fancy pants meal out um, a couple of weeks ago. We went to John's house, which is... Um, not far from you, actually, Mount Sorrel. Oh, I know John. Yeah. It's of course you do. Is this a restaurant called John's House? Yes. Oh, and it's actually on a farm. That was really confusing, guys. <laughs> Sorry, that might have needed clearing up a little it's bit. Called uh, yeah. John's House. Um, I see. It has a Michelin star. And oh, I see. Now it's I'm the more. Really moron. fancy. Um, it was lovely. It was yeah. really nice. What sort of dining is it? What did someone say then? Fuck yeah. yeah, just fine. Just keep fine, it just at that. Fine. It's fine, <laughs> Jess. Fine. It's absolutely fine. <laughs> Small portions of nice things, couple of foams, droplets of shit. <laughs> yeah, colourful. It was everything it was, in small it was, piles. It was um, small, lots of height. Fancy but nice. It was really Herbs nice. And puddings. It's a bit of that. Bit of that. I knew it. But it was. It's not really like they're good. all quite similar, is it? The fine dining places. And no, it would be, they were sort of really elaborate plates where you'd have, you know, a few drops of this and that and the other. But it was all very, very good. Yeah. So it looked great, but there was a point to all of it as well. It did all taste good together. Lush. So we had, and they bought lots of little fancy kind of like hors d'oeuvres out, I guess. Mm. Oh, before the we'd even bits, gone up to our table. Bits you have between the courses. No, this is before. Oh. This is before. So before we'd even gone up to our table, they... Sort of come around, give you a drink, had a really nice, lovely, like spiced cordial, which sounds really weird. No, I'm but all it was over really that. Yes, nice, please. really, really nice. And then they just bought these little things over that were tiny, tiny, tiny mouthfuls of just perfection. Aren't they, they were just so amuse-bouche. good. Yes, yes, Such there you great go. Great word. So that was nice. Happy really mouth. Nice. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is, isn't it? Happy little mouth. It's made mine there, happy when, just um, thinking about it. When my, when my son goes to university, maybe I'll go there to celebrate. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when you'll drink the Bollinger as well. Only a mere 17 years and 40 weeks ago. John's house sounds bloody delicious. It was lovely. Really um, nice. And so both of you are from sort of near here. We're, and we're in Leicester. Is this a great place to eat? I feel like my Leicester friends increasingly say that it is. Oh, yeah. I think yeah. so. I think we've got... The audience are quite yeah. definitively yesing to that. Um, where shall I go for dinner later? <laughs> I don't think I'll make it all the way to John's house. <laughs> like an hour and a half free in town. Where shall I, genuinely, where shall I go? For? Ooh, I like everything. Nice, yeah. What's it called? Rounded, rounded kitchen, all right. Grounded. Grounded kitchen. They do like rice it's too far. Apparently it's too far. How many mins walk? Five mins walk, that's not too far. And 40 minute walk. <laughs> There's two. Apparently, there's two. Oh, I've, it's all shit's all kicked off amongst the audience. <laughs> and, and, and heckling Do you want each me other. to get back to tango? Yeah, yeah. Priya, I want to know everything about um, doing Bake Off um, from. Um, 
uh, talking to other contestants, as I understand it, my, uh, there's loads and loads of crew who eat everything, so nothing there, goes to I, waste. Yeah, that is one of the questions I'd get asked more than anything else. Do you think so it's was, just because people hate waste? Asked, yes. Yeah. yeah. They're like, where? Well, and they they sort of uh, upset that somehow they couldn't get any of it. So it's like, where does all the food go? Um, there is a huge crew. It's just the idea of all huge that talent, that, the, the, how talented you lot are, and the love and sweat that's gone into it, and the idea that one crumb of it wouldn't get no, devoured gets, by somebody they, who would appreciate like it. It's heartbreaking. Vultures. That sounds really mean. Great. But, but when we know something's good, and, and Paul has said it's the best thing he's ever had, then as soon as the cameras are off, it's like, rah, there's a swarm, In. and it's all gone, and there aren't even crumbs left. But then even when something's <laughs> really, really, really bad, you're sort of compelled to try it just to see if it really is that bad. Yeah. So you still try a bit, but a really small bit. You go, oh, yeah, yeah, see, see what they meant. Yeah. So that kind of goes as well, but yeah. it's obviously still a lot of it left over. But we get a portion to take. We had a little baker's room that we'd sit and hang out in. So we'd get a portion that goes back to the baker's room and we'd all have a bit of that. Um, and they'd send all of it, uh, you know, a piece of everything back, whether it was good or bad. And then there'd be stuff that the crew would have. But we'd also, there's sort of staff in the kitchen making food for everyone. There's security staff to make sure we don't, you know, leg it because Paul said our bread was bad or whatever. Oh. And so, they, so we'd give some out to the security guys and then it would just, it would just go. Just we wouldn't gone. ever take anything home. It would just all go. It would all be eaten on site. Has anybody on the crew ever eaten so much that they puked up? <laughs> if they did, they hid it really, really well. Really well. just checking that I actually had planned to ask that. And yes, I had. <laughs> yes, I had. Um, do you find when you're... It, it, I imagine on a programme like that, it's so much emotional and literal energy oh God, goes into yeah. it. That do, you, um, do you get sick, sick of baking? Do you, think it's one of, do you think you can bake yourself into not enjoying baking anymore? Because you can do it with most things. You can, yes. Yeah. Yes, Fine. not not actually when I was at, in the tent, but when I was at home and I was practicing. Yeah, there were plenty of times when I had a meltdown and said, "I don't, I'm not having fun anymore." To my husband, and he's like, "Oh God!" And you again. have to just taste everything and because then, because and then do you find, <clears throat> I don't know, that you become sort of desensitized to it. I think or, actually, or do you I feel drawn to wackiness? Like if if you're a comedian and you're overexposed <laughs> to comedy, my what I mean is you then you go and watch. You can watch brilliant comedy, and sometimes you won't laugh. You'll go, "Oh, very funny," <laughs> which is makes you the shittest audience ever. Like, oh, very funny! Ah, 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 ah. And it's not that. It's not. It's not. A, nor, you, you lose that gorgeous animal response that you're meant to be having. It, I think it's more. You you just think it's not quite good enough. So you. Keep Keep trying to do more and more and more and more. Keep your bar yeah. for yourself, and it's fine. It's fine. It's a perfectly good cake, and you think, no, I need to do more with it. It's not adventurous enough, and and then that's where I think you can border on going a bit wacky with it. Well, that's what I was going to say. So comedians tend to like comedy that's really weird yeah. and inaccessible. But I wonder if that's. I wonder if you've gone down that road you with cakes do. now, where yeah, you're like, I'm you, not you, interested, and it's unless yeah. it's got miso matcha and there's only two sixty-three ingredients. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You can get a bit carried away and think you need to do more and more and more and more. But actually, when we're in the tent. I, I guess you're so focused on what you've got to do, the time flies. Right. And you just get on and do it. But it was when I was at home and I was practicing and I'd make the 17th loaf of bread and I just think, oh, okay, this is not fun now. And yeah. it, and the fourth one was probably fine. Yeah, yeah. But then yeah. I just thought, it's not good enough. And you just keep going and keep going and keep going and drive yourself a bit insane with it. 
Oh God, it's so fascinating, isn't it? I think it feels like now every series they let you in a little bit more to how stressful it is for people. Actually, it is stressful. It's, just, it's a lot I mean, of fun. It's exciting, but, it's but there's the adrenaline of it alone. He's sort of, yeah. but it makes you even more emotionally invested in it, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. just me. No. <laughs> um, Joe, how does being a farmer affect how you eat? <clears throat> That's a massive question. (laughs) But obviously it's going to affect your politics on eating. And we'll want to get into that as well. But just literally, how does that affect how you eat, if at all? Uh, so obviously we, you know, we have uh, our big thing is we have our own, uh, you know, lamb, our own uh, beef. So we actually eat our own uh, animals that we've raised. Yeah. So that's slightly unusual, I guess, in this day and age. Um, but you know, to be honest, I do. Um, uh, I look when I shop now. I do try and shop more local. I right. do try and shop, um, you know, and try and buy British produce. Mm-hmm. Now that's not because I'm, um, you know, uh, an ultra nationalist. Yeah. Uh, it's because uh, I know that the the standards that I, um, especially with animals, that I have to um, adhere to in this country in order to uh, to, to raise animals yeah. are just very, very high. So I know that I want to be buying things that uh, have a high um, you know, quality of life. Yeah. Um, and it's it's the same for crop products as well <clears throat> when it comes to the standards, but obviously the most important thing is with welfare and animals. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I do look to try and sort of buy, uh, you know, buy, if you like, ethically. In that yeah, sense. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you wrote a lovely article in The Guardian, um, which I don't know if the audience had, had already read, but I, I, I really loved it. But it, and you were bemoaning the media's assault on farming's impact on the climate crisis as a kind of sweeping thing. And I found that very powerful and interesting. And I'll put a link in the podcast notes if you're listening. Um, and indeed, if you're here uh, to the ask if you hadn't read it, but w- if, would you be able to give us a gist of that? I think particularly the bit about um, the sort of point you made in it about how grassland that's used, sp- particularly for cattle, acts as a sink and gives carbon back. I think we're very bombarded with, um, and you know, not that that's necessarily a bad thing, with the very powerful argument that um, the mass production of meat and dairy across the planet as a whole and the impact that's having in terms of. Uh, the carbon footprint of that um but on a small scale i don't think necessarily it's that widely known that that when land's being used for farming that that it i don't know how to describe it in a way because i'm a comedian other than scruffles (laughs) up the land scruffles up the mud and makes things grow that wouldn't otherwise and stuff and gives a load back shall i stop talking and let you answer (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> literally putting your microphone down yeah. so okay fine uh yeah so um i don't know um if anyone sort of is particularly up on this on this topic but obviously as a, as a farmer i'm very interested in uh, you know the global food system i don't know if anybody watched for example a few months ago um the bbc did a, a program called meat uh, a threat to our planet question mark now if you watched the program you would definitely not think that the question mark was uh, was necessary because it was clear in which direction the program was going now, as a, as a British farmer, I would agree, absolutely, that the practices that were shown in that programme were shocking. You know, th- this is the global worst practice, for right. example, that they were showing when it comes to livestock production. You've got um, antibiotics being fed to animals in their food just to get them to grow faster. You've got um, sort of unrestricted use of uh, growth hormones and things like um, uh, slurry, which is just being released large-scale into watercourses. Mm burning down the rainforest in order to provide grassland to graze cattle to sell for beef. That's obviously mental. 
Um, yeah. But yes, in this country... Um, <laughs> Such a do... nice way of putting it. It's um, obviously mental. <laughs> strapping pigs together. Yeah, all well, the worst stuff. It is, though. It's not illegal in America, is it, to... To, to put a bit to strap pigs together into groups of four to squeeze them into smaller spaces. I had five. <laughs> five pigs in um, one in one no, elastic the, band. Yeah, for example, yeah, there, there are no uh, minimum yeah. um, stocking densities uh, or maximum stocking densities on, and say in U.S. poultry farms, so you can put as many chickens together in a shed as you can fit in that shed physically. Now that's obviously also awful. Um, so, but what we do in this country, we we, we generally do, uh, and I'm not just saying this because I'm a farmer, although I am a farmer, and I am just saying this, but <laughs> it also does happen to to have the benefit of being true. Uh, we have um, some of the world's uh, you know highest standards when it comes to uh, environmental sustainability, animal welfare, um, and food safety. Um, and um, as you're saying with the grassland, uh, we are producing um, you know uh, nearly a million tons of beef in this country every year. Now, um, obviously, beef has got an incredibly bad rap in the media at the moment when it comes to uh, its environmental impact. Um, now, unfortunately, the, the, the thing which is important to, to, to know about the, the sort of the, the constant figure that's thrown at us that the biggest thing you can do uh, is to stop eating beef uh, in terms of mitigating your climate change footprint is that there's an enormous sliding scale of um, climate impact uh, in, in anything. You know, if we do anything, you can either do it incredibly environmentally sustainably or incredibly environmentally destructively. Uh, and in this country, uh, as uh, Jess was saying, um, our livestock is grazed on permanent pasture land. Um, 90% of, of what goes down um, the majority of cattle in this country is grass. Now, that grass can't be used for anything else. That land can't be used to grow any other crops because it's on a hillside or it's full of rocks or my farm would be a good example of this. Now, if cattle can turn uh, that grass, which we can't use for anything else, into highly nutritious protein, uh, milk or beef or lamb or whatever it is, um, then that's, that's great. That's making use of an asset that we can't otherwise do anything with. Now, the carbon sequestration point you're coming up with. So UK grasslands hold 2 billion tonnes of, of atmospheric carbon, and that holds it in the soil mm. so that you know, the grass can die, the, the carbon will still be there. Um, but the grass, the more it's eaten, the more carbon it sequ uh, sequesters. And we're sequestering something like just through, uh, through grazing uh, uh, sheep and, and cattle on, on our fields. Uh, in this country, something like 9.5 million more tonnes of carbon every year from the atmosphere. So we're drawing that, and that's mostly obviously from burning fossil fuels. So we're drawing burning uh, sort of fossil fuel CO2 out of the atmosphere and we're storing it in that, in that grass mm -hmm. and in that soil. Um, and we're also, as a result of that, producing you know, high-quality, nutritious meat. So that's sort of the good news story, if yeah. you like, about what we do in this country compared to, say, in, in Brazil. Oh my God, I think that deserves a clap, actually, guys. Um, I'm sorry, it wasn't strictly funny. No, um, it's not strictly a comedy podcast show. Um, it's just a conversation about eating. And it often isn't funny. And that's my fault. <laughs> Both these guys in advance of this were like, I'm not going to do I have to bring any jokes. It's like, no, it's entirely on me to make this entertaining. I'm afraid. I just need your brilliant brains not um, and stories. Um, and that, it to me is absolutely fascinating and um, how beautifully put and thank you. Um, I, I wonder as a sort of side offshoot question of, from that then um, about how if somebody wanted to eat meat, you know, occasionally and from places where, you know, from, from locally sourced places where you knew it would be up to these standards and it would be contributing to the ecosystem as a whole, at least in the UK, 
So are their best bet to go to, if possible, a local butcher's or something like that? Or is it possible to, would you, in your opinion, eat meat ethically that's from a supermarket if it's... What do you look for stamp-wise to know that what you're eating is going to be helpful to the environment or not in any way... You know, you're not going to be eating this stuff that you've been watching about in that documentary called... Um, eat meat and you're a planet burner question mark <laughs> uh, so is anyone uh, uh, does anyone know the the, um, the red tractor mark that you might see mm. on, on food mm. in the supermarket yeah. okay so um, so as a if you like at the lowest level if you want to make sure you're, you're buying ethically sustainably then look for, 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 for foodstuffs with that on them you know the red tractor that means uh, it's been produced in this country um, they can't um, you know uh, it, it has to be produced in this country and it has to be produced with certain, uh, stand, uh, certain set of standards but absolutely if you want to be actually searching out um, uh, from non-supermarkets your local farm shops and that sort of thing then absolutely that's where you'll find some really um, you know it might be organic it might be purely raised outdoors um, it might be purely raised on grass and never never see any other sort of food um, food going into it uh, every farm shop has a different story to tell and there's loads of there's and different breeds of cattle and each different breed of cattle have a different taste so you can go to a different you know one farm shop and they might have three or four different types of sheep or cow and they'll all taste slightly different well and often i find as well in butchers they can tell you about how to use cuts of meat that you won't be able to find in a supermarket because they're not popular in a mainstream way but they're they're totally usable and and delicious and amazing but but equally and I, i wonder whether you can correct me and especially as we're not in london i've lived in london for over half my life now so i'm very aware that it's an enormously expensive, privileged, pretty wanky thing to do to be able to get your meat from a butcher's. It's not a particularly useful thing to say as a solution on a wider scale to people who go, well, do you know what? I want to eat meat maybe once a month or just, you know, and, 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 but when I do, I want to support these things, but what if they can't afford to go to, but is that just in, is that just London and places where, you know, you're not, you're not in the country, butchers around here a bit more. Butchers aren't necessarily, um, they're not necessarily more, more expensive than Mm. a supermarket, but the one thing I would say to definitely, avoid is um so so the the places where you will find meat from places like like brazil Mm -hmm. uh, for example where it will be potentially uh, uh, bred in an incredibly destructive way will be uh takeaways Uh, it'll be um in the hospitality sector in restaurants they tend to not i hope that aubergine has grown kindly Um, and in processed meat, so ready meals, you know, right, that's right. a huge sink of just the cheapest stuff you can find from anywhere in the world, chuck it in and, and throw some additives on what it. What about like chain places like um, McAdee's, Nando's? Uh, so actually Nando's, they uh, do have British uh, chicken, red tracks chicken. Thank Christ. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not, not that I've had chicken there for a while, but that superfood salad thing is fit, the grains and... Anyway. And believe it or not, McDonald's, also um, British uh, So British maybe beef. actually the biggest chains have had such a spotlight on them that yeah. they're going to perhaps have up their game yeah. a little bit. Yeah, whereas your, your, you know, a, a, a restaurant in the middle of London, um, if no one asks, they figure no one cares. So they'll just yeah. get the cheapest stuff in. They'll charge you specifically very high prices for it <laughs> yeah. for living in London. But, right, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't look at me like that, Joe. I don't have a choice <laughs> for work. <laughs> I'm rarely there. Say scrum diddly umptious. And then you can be in my podcast. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash boast. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to health care, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Talk to me, would you, Priya, about growing up and eating? Did you have siblings? What sort of food were you Ooh. eating Were you growing up? Uh, were you a fussy eater? Do you have any particular eating memories from childhood? If I was a fussy eater, my mum couldn't care less because <laughs> she was that sort of woman. So you were, we had curry and chapatis every single day. I mean, I'm all over that. Every yes, day. Please. And... I didn't want to eat that every day. I wanted to eat what Charlotte was having, which was not ch- uh, Korean chapatis every day. Um, but my mum didn't care. So we weren't allowed... smuggling Finder's crispy pancakes <laughs> in through I the could back have. door as a teenager. But we, and we all used to eat um, on the floor. So we would... One person's job would be to spread the newspaper out on the floor and the other person... Would, so I'd, if I was doing that, my sister would bring all the food in. Um, and we would all eat the same thing. We'd have curry, chapatis, poppadom, salad... Um, yogurt that my mum also makes at home mm. and she my mum yogurt she does yeah she's um, always got homemade yogurt at how home. do you make yogurt shake do you shake milk no so who, she you brings put, um, acid in milk yes so what she mm. does is you can you, would, you should never finish the yogurt so she'd always reserve a little bit of the yogurt right and then she'd warm up some milk put that yogurt into the milk and then she'd leave that to sit in the airing cupboard and you'd be in trouble if you knocked it or moved it. Oh, because you've got to like And then it would it. just it's, set, yeah. Because it's sort of growing stuff in there, yeah, isn't it? Because yeah. you're making it whatever that, yeah. whatever makes it good for your gut, making the yeah. bio, ah, fucking And then it would set and then it goes like in the fridge. <laughs> so, but that's, it's about this big, it's this giant. Is it like hat. a sourdough, um, whatever starter? Do you give it like a name? Do you, does she like, it sounds, no, no, it's well, not like a pet. No, no, it's yeah. I had a name when I had my sourdough. I had a sourdough starter called Susie, but my mum <laughs> wouldn't have any of that. And that, the yogurt is just—it's just there. Just I love there. that Every the sourdough starter was called Susie and not Susan. Mm. She's quite. She's a bit more fun. Yeah, a bit more fun cooler, than a Susan. I but, called um, my so first was... car Susan because she was oh. unglamorous but reliable. Ooh. <laughs> no offence to anyone called Susan. <laughs> but, uh, so that was our meals growing up and yeah. we weren't allowed to eat anything else until you had at least had two chapatis and I just used to find it a real chore. It was only <laughs> when I was older that I thought, God, this is really good actually yeah. and, I, and I want to learn how to make this stuff. And then on 
Fridays in the evening, we'd have some sort of takeaway or a treat. Ooh. And we'd have what my mum would think would be English food. And essentially, <laughs> that was what you'd find in the freezer section of Iceland. And, and it'd be potato wedges with some ketchup or fish fingers or chicken and mushroom pies. And again, we'd sit and eat that on the floor watching whatever was on. Um, but that was, a, that was a treat on a Friday. Or we might have fish and chips or something like that. But otherwise, mm. Monday to or during the week um, and over the weekends, it was curry and parties. Do you think that um, it's that there's an element of when you're saying, um, you know, you don't appreciate it at the time and actually you just remember resenting it and yeah, wanting to eat really what your did. friends were eating? Do you think that's just an element of kids just and, and young people just you just cannot appreciate anything that's brilliant when you're like I, I grew up by the sea and I just was like oh it's all sleepy it's all old people you know no I don't want to go for a walk I used to lie and say I'd hurt my ankle so I didn't have to go for a beautiful walk you know and, and you look at it now and go I want to be there all the time it's I grew, I grew up on the Jurassic Coast it's stunning and you're like I had no appreciation for it mm. whatsoever. It's I've just had... so normal, isn't it? It becomes yeah. so boring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. it just takes a little bit of sort of age and wisdom to look at those things and go, oh, actually, that's yeah. very, that's very, very good. lucky. Yeah, whereas me going into a city, this is exciting. I get, you know, I'm out yeah. and about. I'm just used to the countryside. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, ooh, bricks. okay i'm gonna ask you what about you growing up did you grow up on the farm yeah yeah Yeah, because you're third generation of your family in your farm yeah so yeah uh, growing up on the yeah it's just awesome yeah growing up on a farm is 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 pretty cool um i always wanted to be a farmer until i was 13 and then i had to start milking cows on friday and saturday nights and then i rapidly went off farming (laughs) I was going to say, it like it's not what you want to be doing as a teenager, isn't it? You're going to give different things to different shift. udders. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was above that, and then I, before I knew it, I'd said it. <laughs> Sorry, Joe. Um, Oh, I've made myself queasy. <laughs> sorry. We're all above that. I'm sorry. You laughed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, okay, brilliant. You um, found your level. I'm go- yeah, we found their level, and it's similar to mine, and we've all been revealed. <laughs> um, oh, so actually, so let's eat more things, shall we? Can we try your cake, Priya? Please, Please tell us what it is. It's, um, it's an apple cake, and Ooh. with a bit of caramel and walnut <gasps> on top. So you could... Kid yourself to think it's like part of your five a day. apple cake. Okay, amazing. And also in these boxes as Ooh, well. Yes. Um, gosh, so I'm gonna. I, mm, 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 I feel like I should read stuff out. So what we've got are some bliss balls. <laughs> Sounds, oh God! Just after I'd done a silly rude joke and everything. Um, yeah, none of this. There might be nuts and gluten and dairy and all this stuff. I don't think any of us got any allergies. There's a lemon and coconut and sunflower one. Berries, coconut and chocolate drizzle. A chocolate raspberry and cacao bliss ball. Don't know how to say cacao, but enjoy trying every time. A salted date caramel pecan pie slice and a peanut butter millionaire and red velvet almond and cherry raw brownie cookie dough stack. Long name. Better be, I'm just going to be yummy. These are being very kindly gifted. I don't know which is which, so I'm going to bite something and have a guess. Um, that looks like a flapjack. This one's in a round bit. Oh, yeah, I think, yeah. Mm, oh, yes, I'm going, I'm going in for Priya's apple. Apple. I want to I keep wanting to call this a toffee apple cake, but it's apple. Let's call it a toffee apple cake. It smells amazing, and when you took it out of the box, like it was like the caramel smell that went mm. whomp right up my nostrils. 
my wife, um, she was very kind because I can only make things with beef, and that was, <laughs> um, that was not that was not welcome. Beefcake. Um, so she offered to bake, and I was like, "Oh, no, that'd be great. We can put it up against uh, Priya's. Uh, sorry, who from Bake Off? You know, Priya. Oh, you can fuck off. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't even got to week six. I didn't win. I'm not going up against that. So. You have to be a master baker to get on the show. I'm going in. This is nice. I don't know oh, what it man. is at all, but it's really oh nice. Oh my fucking God. That's so nice. Mm. Oh, thanks. Mm. I had all sorts it. of oh. things up. Yeah, I bought what it. What made the icing of this? Like a... So the icing, oh God, there's all sorts of it's wrong. Or but something. it's um, cream cheese and butter and icing sugar. Fuck yeah! <laughs> it's so good. You don't good. have to pass this one round. Yeah, <laughs> that one might not make it to the audience. It's so. Do, have, you, do, have you tried it, Jay? Fire. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> a minute. Sorry. I do like that one. I make mm. quite a lot because it's not actually very sweet. No. Yeah. It's nice. Which is right up mm, my It's nice, isn't it? Mm. I get really geeky about um, baking, so I didn't have light brown soft sugar, right. which is what I needed for that cake. Mm. So I used a light brown muscovado sugar, which is much more treacly, but then I also used a bit of golden caster sugar and mixed them up and used that. And I have now got a lighter, better risen sponge than what I would normally have. Right. So um, the cake nerd in me now wants to make it again and keep tweaking the sugar around and see what else happens. Are you cake nerdiest? Ner- are you cake nerdish nerdier. enough? enough now that um, that you can you make things without looking at a recipe? Kind of. Whoa! Yeah. You're kind like a god of. to me. But not with it's not such with an everything. Science. But I feel like I've now kind of I've, I feel like I've learned stuff and. Mm. Um, and I can play around with things and, and, I, and I can look at a recipe and think, actually, that's n- not going to quite work because of whatever. You know, sometimes mm. I've written a recipe out myself and then I can look at it and know that it's wrong because I just know that that amount of fat isn't going to be right for that amount of flour yeah. or whatever. And when things go wrong, generally I know what's gone wrong Yeah. and I can work it out. But that's because I've baked for so long and I've baked so many were things. Were you baking when you were a kid or you just mean it's no, been such no, an No, no, because curry and parties, no room yeah, for baking yeah. in there. Yeah. No, the only thing that was baked were those potato wedges and the uh, yeah. chicken and washing pies that we were having on Fridays. <laughs> so, no, my mum wouldn't bake and actually yeah. my mum and dad's oven hasn't got a glass panel on it you can't see into it which used to drive me mad and I offered to sponsor the oven and said look can I use my own money and buy a new oven and my mum said we've had this oven since before you were born so no oh, uh, the no. oven is staying and I hated it hated it because you'd have to open it to look at what was baking inside and then you'd just see your cake sink oh <sighs> So I didn't bake at all growing up. Um, I baked when my mother-in-law bought me a stand mixer for as a wedding present. She had one because my mother-in-law does bake and right. she does these fabulous Sunday roasts and she, she bakes all sorts of things. Uh, and then I just went mad and my husband just tolerated it and the kitchen would be a disaster. <laughs> stuff everywhere. He's and- here, he's nodding. Yeah. <laughs> so, and that's it and then I went baking mad yep. and, and I just kept going and if something's not perfect mm. then I'll do it again and again and again and I'll just keep going perfectionism so, of a superstar mm. I love it bit of a curveball but have either of you ever been in a food fight <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah university but then, have you I mean, happens at university 
What vanilla wow. happens on campus stays on Absolutely. campus. Is that the vibe I'm getting off you, Joe? Yeah. Um, what food was thrown? Uh, well, it starts off with food, but then it was. It's this, it, so we were the last year that we were allowed to do it. It was this uh, boat race, and it started off with food because it was right after lunch. But then it turned into um, just. Uh, um, well, in the end, there was literally four inches of uh, beer in the dining hall, wow. and everyone, everyone's having a great time. This happened every year, and then yeah. someone um, tried to. Uh, you know, uh, the, the the rugby boy, he, he mm, slid through it, like, gracefully. That dick. Totaled <laughs> this poor girl who ended oh, up no. in hospital with, oh, a, no. with a neck. No. Uh, so, yeah, so that was the end of, like, um, yeah. Oh, God. So we, there should have been a punch. Uh, no, not at all. At my, <laughs> I went to um, uni in London and they had a, a athletics union every, like, party every year and I only ever went to it once for about half an hour and I was like what are we doing here this is quite a good uni what are we doing and they would have a thing where it was run by the rugby teams it was a big uni and they so there's there probably like four rugby teams they would do a thing where they span a wheel and what it landed on was the dare that you had to do if you were up there mm-hmm. and they would at, at one point I think I've said it on this podcast before had to drink a pint of mixed grill so there'd be a greasy spoon over the road that they'd get what? mixed grills coming in from. They'd put the mixed grill or the contents of a mixed oh grill no. into a blender with no. a pint of Guinness and two shots of vodka and you'd have to down that. It didn't stay inside any person for very long. Oh. It was horrific, yeah. Well, as a rugby challenge, at least it didn't involve genitals. I mean, yeah, I suppose. <laughs> Although there was so much nudity. They're always getting their mm. kit off rugby ones, aren't they? Getting their kit off and running around. Um... Uh, I've just eaten this, which I think is peanutty. I'm not sure. I think it might be the peanut millionaire thing, but it's got a bit of coffee in it, and it's Ooh. so delicious. They're so neat. I can't they are be- really yeah, neat. Yeah, they're really pretty. What a lovely idea. Um, mm. Thank you very much, Feed Me Lester, for these. Mm. Check them out if you're Lester Woods. Oh, you can probably buy them on the internet, actually, can't you? <laughs> yeah, you, can pro- you don't even need to live in Leicester. Check them out, everyone. Um, I would like asking this question, but it feels like it sounds like a ruder question than it is. I genuinely mean in terms of objects and stuff rather than this meaning absolute filth. Um, But have you ever eaten anything that wasn't food? Answer that in a not rude way. Great, thank Um, you. See, so it was my son's birthday last week, and um, he was three, but obviously needed about. 11 candles on his cake. <laughs> so that's what we had. It takes quite a while to light all those candles. So yeah. without doubt, you end up eating a bit of wax because the candles just drip because we're using one candle to try and light them. My husband's trying to light some of the others. And um, I remember saying to my sister-in-law, definitely just eating a bit of wax. You just taste oh. it. Yeah, blue candle wax. Yeah, it's not very nice. Yuck. Cow shit. Cow shit. <laughs> just. For a dare. Oh, just really peckish. <laughs> <laughs> oh, because it was raining oh, down. No. So in the same way that you probably ate spiders in a life. <laughs> Definitely you, some you know, flecks of cow like would have gone it, within you. When it's just about to start to rain, you look up. To see, is it about to start raining? But it's the same with shit from a cow. It's like, is it about to... Yes, and then it's... Wow. Is it true you put your hand in? You, can, you certainly for can. Things. Yep. You, for things. Have you... Um, <laughs> There is a reason. Is there? Can you tell there me is it? There is a reason. Uh, oh, so... I want to come and do another podcast on the farm. Do you think yes! that would be fun? 
Joe's asked. It's so obviously do that? for carving purposes. Put, okay, yeah. You need to get right up, right up to that. Oh, I was right, also, so you need to get the, get, I was get told the baby when, out. Um, so when, when you had a cow that might be um, nervous, because yeah. it was a, a new new cow that hadn't mm-hmm. done it before, um, I was told that you um, you can you can give them a little injection of some oxytocin, and that just helps them drop their milk, and then they, they relax into it. Okay. Or you can gently just, as, you know, I mean, it's not great on button. radio... Gently. It's a podcast, we can say what we like. It's a podcast, so we can say what we like. Just Fist their bottom. I was told just up to the wrist. Oh, just up to the wrist. Just up to the wrist. Surely it gets less offensive after the wrist. But I have said this to... As I say, yeah, this is when I was... This is the worrying bit, isn't it? The knuckles. <laughs> this is when I was 13, 14, and I've said this to some dairy farmers since. Yeah. Now I'm an adult, and they're like, I think someone was having you on. <gasps> <laughs> I'm not. What I want to know is whether the person who was having you on was a friend or a foe of cows. He <laughs> was watching from a boat. They're trying to help the cow out, give them a great time. Um, it's, also, it's just not the sort or, of thing you can ask your dad about either, is it? Yeah. <laughs> not 20 years later. No, no not after the Historical fact. cow. Especially if he's also spent his whole career constantly having to finger a cow's ass and then finds out he didn't need to all along as well. He'd break his heart. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Great answers, lads. Um, do you think? Do you have any particular food stuff that you eat in perhaps um, a very particular way, or something that you think just demands to be eaten, gobbled very quickly, or eaten very slowly? Or is there a chocolate bar that you think you've got to eat in a certain order? Uh, anything like that? Anything you're particularly fastidious about eating-wise? Oh, the uh, those jam and cream biscuits that you get. I guess I'm a bit odd. Well, I always have to eat the top layer off first. Right. Yeah, the, the ones I mean, the jam and cream ones. A little bit of jam in jam the middle. Dodger. Jammy Dodger. Not jammy, no. There's no cream on a Dodger. No, they're not Jammy Dodgers. The, 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 the Jammy Dodgers are the ones with. The, are they in a Fox's yeah, selection box. box? Or you get the supermarket own brand ones, but there's a little bit of sugar on the jam and maybe a little floral kind of print on them. But I, oh, I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah. Fox's jam and cream. They call them jam and cream, I think. Right. And I'll always want to bite the top layer off. And then eat the other bit. What, until there's just jam or just under biscuit? Well, eat just, and then I've eaten all the biscuit and then it's mainly just the jam bit left. Yeah. So or you could really, if you want to just have those. a spoon and some jam. Yeah. yeah. Could just do that. My Austrian nana gave me a spoon and some jam when I was two years old. Homemade jam. Don't think that makes it that much better. And my mum caught her and was furious. Oh. Good old nana. <laughs> Um, anything that you eat in a particularly uh, I mean everyone's way? got a weird way of eating a cream egg haven't they everyone's got their yeah own what's your cream egg, cream egg. Um, one guest on this um, podcast once took 25 minutes telling me how she ate a cream oh, egg wow. <laughs> <laughs> Rosie it? Jones episode if you want to look it up <laughs> Incredible. Or uh, Twix. Um, oh, Twix. People have yeah. weird. Everyone's got. And my wife, I think, is the weirdest. She literally just sucks the Twix. Does oh, she? Wow. Well, <laughs> sexy wife. Sexy wife show. Um, <laughs> that's the sound of your wife, Joe. Um, I would have been like, "What a freak your wife is!" Until recently, I had a Twix for the first time, probably in a couple of years. I really think, "Oh, I'll have a Twix," and I did, mm. and it was a great day. Um, and I was having a cup of tea, and I almost fully immersed it, and then sucked it post dunk quite quickly. I didn't want anything to slough off into the tea. That's a disaster. But yeah, that's nice if it's been slightly like boiled in tea quickly dunked. Yeah. Give it a go. Well, everyone's got weird. But is she sucking it 
Just what? Fresh out the packet? Yeah, yeah. Just, oh, okay. You know, so I'm just sitting there watching that. But anyway, <laughs> the. Uh, <laughs> 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 We did have, I had my, um, my uh, um, uh, niece round, uh, she's uh, three years old, she, she came around to the farm uh, a few days ago and she was eating her lunch with my, my parents and she had, you know, fish fingers, chips and peas mm. and you could see she was getting to the, to the, towards the end, she had all the fish fingers, she just got a few chips left and a massive pile of peas and we all know what's going on here, so I was like, do you like, do you like peas? Yeah. Are you saving them till last? Yeah. You're not going to eat them, are you? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, bless you. It's brilliant when kids are sort of too thick to know to lie. Mine still is as well. He'd be like, what did you do? What did you do at gymnastics, Rudy? And he'll go, I didn't listen. <laughs> <laughs> what a great guy. Um, <laughs> um, if there was no other option, would you eat a person? Option to what? If there was nothing else to eat. N- nothing else person? to do, just nothing else to eat. Well, I don't know. <laughs> if you were, you know, I've left it the question vague, so you, but, but I don't have any answers for you. I want to know in what scenario, if any, would you eat a person? Or if there's no scenario, you would? Well, not, not today. Would you? No, probably not. I'd probably just keep talking to them until we just die from talking for too long. <laughs> no, I don't. I'd prob- no, it'd just be weird it, crunchy I mean, definitely... and oh would, just it, yeah no would the person have been raised to high welfare standards <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be raised in britain to high welfare standards so yeah so well, they wouldn't have traveled a long way <laughs> and all throughout their life they'd have trampled the land in a way that was useful to the foliage as long as sink. it's carbon neutral then then yeah. i'd consider it Okay. <laughs> not someone who's taken a lot of EasyJet flights. You're not going to gobble them up. Um, five second rule: yes or no? Yes. No, oh God, fine. God, yeah. we've got kids. <laughs> Most yes. Most Sick of, of you meals. asking people every now and again. Someone says no, and it's a really interesting conversation. <laughs> it wasn't oh likely to happen with a baker and a farmer, but fine. <laughs> every now and again, you get some weirdo who goes, absolutely not. And they no, went, yeah. you, you drop something on a farm, it's all clean germs, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's, <laughs> it's not you're dropping it in the gutter, it's, uh, it's fine. It turns out the moon is a witch, and she does a curse on the earth that everything beginning with F doesn't exist anymore. It's horrific. No more farms, only arms. No more fidget spinners, fairies, folk music, frankfurters, and worryingly, as the curse spreads, and we increasingly realise no more future. The moon agrees to the moon agrees to undo the curse, um, though, but only if you two, and weirdly, it does have to be you two, play beach volleyball against each other for a whole twenty-eight hours in a row. It sounds impossible, but you do it. You're heroes. Um, so your reward uh, is uh, going down in the history books of uh, all time as having done something extraordinary for the, for for um, all human and alien kind. You have done something heroic. You are lauded for all history. That is what your Wikipedia page will say forever. But your reward in the moment, and you are starving because you've just done twenty eight hours of beach volleyball. Don't know why beach. Just sounds even more tiring, doesn't it? With slippy undersand. Um, it's the feast of your dreams. But I want you to be in that kind of post. I just want you to be very, very hungry. Uh, I want to know what the feast of your dreams would be. I don't care if it's ethical. I don't want it to have any consequence. I can give a shit if it's healthy. Uh, I don't even care if it's possible. It can be a made-up thing. I'd love to know what your dreams thing to eat and drink would be. And if there's a who with and where, then who with and where, please. 
Sorry, could you say that again, please? <laughs> What's your absolute dream thing to eat or drink and who with and where? Oh, God. Obviously with my husband. Thanks. <laughs> Obviously. Oh. Um, oh, God. Lots of different things on this feast yeah, table or is it one meal? Um, no it has rules. to be some cereal. I always want Ooh. cereal. If I'm not feeling well, I want cereal. What cereal? Uh, what f- be more we, specific. So, yeah, we have a lot of cereal okay. at home. Well, quite this broad... is a slightly contentious issue because it takes up quite a lot of space if one person has five or so favourite cereals. Do you remember those cereals? selection boxes? Yep. Yeah. They were fun, weren't they? They are good. Yeah. yeah. But you've got like basically a full-size version We've of that. We've just got a lot. We've got a lot. We've got granola and muesli and porridge. So they're not all unhealthy. And then some cornflakes and Cheerios. Cheerios I is probably my healthiness for this go-to. Question. Cheerios, great. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As a snack kind of thing. Yeah. So I'm, I'm strictly porridge or muesli in the mornings. But then I eat like a child and I eat every sort of three or four hours and get really hungry if I don't eat every few hours. And we have dinner really early. So by about nine o'clock, I'm really hungry. So I always have a bowl of cereal. And that's just always my go-to. So I'd always have some cereal on this feast of mine. Um, I could eat pizza five, six days a week. Um, Get some of that on there then. Yep, definitely going to have some pizza. Beetroot and goat's cheese. Oh, beetroot and goat's cheese. That came out of nowhere. Always. From Cheerios to pizza to that. What? John's house had some beetroot and goat's cheese. Got to get around John's gaff. Went down really well. But I always, if we eat out anywhere that's fancy, that any any goat's cheese, yeah. Lovely. Always gets my vote. Um, and, uh, do you know, I, I actually just really like um, toast dipped in chai. That's Ooh, really nice. Oh, hello. Yeah, which apparently is, my husband found that really weird. I've never heard of it. But that's what I grew it. up. So and we would, chai, as, as in, in chai as in like masala chai oh, tea okay, yeah um so, so my mum would make that for us every morning um and she'd make it in a, and she'd have hers in a cup but for my sister and i'd be in a bowl so it cools down a bit quicker what sort of bread are we toasting here to dip in the tea right just white normal sliced white bread. sliced yeah, bread yeah yeah because is it fold it in, in half france you fold dip coffee half, and dip. you dip pastries and breads mm. into black coffee so or hot chocolate and loads yeah. of european how fascinating yeah. never ever always buttered oh, well, mm. yeah and folded in half and then oh, dip it I just yeah. did a loud I could eat a lot of bread like that a lot mm. yep I've enjoyed mm. the thought of it oh it's good it's good and chai is spicy and sweet as well so yes. I think in, yeah but you don't want the bread to go soggy you've just got to just enough just hearing about it it's, it's good a, another 2% off my hangover <laughs> <laughs> Really nice. Very cool. um, yeah. <laughs> and, um, and how about you, Joe? Uh, well, to be, I mean, despite everything I've said, obviously, mm. about high quality, sustainable. Yeah. You're going um, down KFC, are you? Domino- <laughs> Domino's Pizza, actually. Domino's Pizza, nice. By any, any objective assessment, it's, yeah. it's grim, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's like a McDonald's. It's, it's oh, not I don't, not I don't think there's grimness. I don't, it's, who gives a shit about the nutritional value tastes, of this thing? It's you know? the feast of your dreams. I want to know how it's going to make you feel and what it's going to taste Thirsty, like. Thirsty. You, you know, yeah, probably. Thirsty. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what the uh, yeah. e numbers go on there but uh but, you know who, who and i'm sure my wife won't mind um uh the 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 original um astronauts from the 60s the apollo oh, nice. astronauts i would love that's that of anyone i could meet in the world those three i would love to meet um any of those guys because they Buzz Aldrin and what, the other two. yeah because uh, what they did <laughs> <laughs> did you not see that episode of the crown where F- F- prince philip meets them and it turns out they're really boring because they're incredible engineers and technicians, but they've not got great bands. And he's got it. 
I mean, that is a documentary, that programme. So it was basically <laughs> what happened. Yeah. Do you know there okay, were six we'll missions to the moon? Were there? There were, there were six. Bloody Seven, hell. one of them didn't quite make it. But well, you're going to have this feast on the moon because you can in this Absolutely. answer. Absolutely. Bloody do it then. For, I'm going to Meet them there out. on the moon. They can give you a tour. They've been there before. They know it well. <laughs> and you can have a Domino's pizza with them. No, but what cool guys. Uh, compared to, yes, you know, super the cool celebrities guys. of today, yeah. um, those guys were, were awesome. Great. High Great. Oh, well, look, that's all we've got time for. Um, thank you so much for coming. Please, we do a round of applause. And thank you so much to my amazing guests, Priya Rocher and Joe Stanley. And thanks for having us, the Brewdog and the Leicester Comedy Festival. We'll do this again next year. Thanks. Thank you. I'm in my time. Hot damn, that was fun. Joe is Joe W. Stanley on Twitter, and Priya is Priya O'Shea, P R I Y A O S H E A. Come and see another live hoovering. The next ones are in May in Wales and in Hull. Please come. They're so incredibly fun in the room. We share all the leftover food as well with the audience after, as if that's not enough of a draw. Why don't you come and see me on tour? Uh, the show's called Hench. It's got stuff about eating in it. Um, if, if you're literally like, well, I'm afraid I'm only interested in eating, only eating-related comedy, it might be the show for you. Follow the podcast on social media, at The Hoovering Pod. I'm on there, at Jessica Foster Q. If you want to send me a longer message or look at any of the live hoovering show or tour dates or any other live work I'm doing, go to my website, jessicafosterq.com. Huge thanks to ACAST for hosting the podcast. Hoovering's produced by Emma Corsham and the music is by Mike Greenway. Until next week, happy hoovering. Head over to Hulu this March where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale, starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Oh my gosh, I'm adopting a puppy right now, but I realize what's at home. Oh no, I have nothing. Well, except unconditional love. But yeah, no crate, no pee-pee pads, no dental chews for his little puppy teeth. Before I doubt myself as a new parent, I just get Instacart to deliver everything from PetSmart. Easy, just like raising a puppy is going to be, right? Get Pet Essentials from PetSmart with Instacart. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply.